0: Today, I want to talk a little bit about one of the most frightening sentences in the English language, I am not okay. It took me a long time to ever be able to say that out loud, I had to hit the bottom of my emotional mire and realize I had nowhere else to go but up. To be able to sit on my couch one day in the middle of a depressive down and say to my wife, I am not okay. And I hadn't been okay for a while, but I couldn't make the words happen. I was too busy being strong for everybody. To admit to our fragility, to admit to our brokenness is probably one of the most difficult human tasks. We all have times in our lives when we can acknowledge at least in our heads, I am not okay right now. And yet the words often don't reach the air and make sound waves and hit the ears of ourselves or another person because it's hard to take that final step. We all need to say it aloud sometimes, but that perfect pot, the one that resides within us, one of those voices of our personalities that speaks to us keeps telling us that if we show how broken we are, we will not be loved. We will not be accepted. We will be replaced by someone who's a little more whole than we are. It lies to us constantly. And if we're listening carefully to that voice of the perfect pot, if that is the only voice we are listening to within ourselves, if we listen to that too much after a while, we really start to believe it. We really start to accept that that is the central point of our personal being, whatever this crack may happen to be, whatever is leaking out from within us, whatever is not okay, And so we withdraw a bit. We don some armor so we don't have to show it to the world. And in doing, we risk losing all sorts of connections that we feel to ourselves, to the people around us, to life in general. Our theme for the month of March is the path of vulnerability. And that word stirs up a lot of mixed emotions in people. Certainly had me feeling mixed emotions. Just writing the word vulnerability in the top margin of my notes as I started to outline this made me kind of clench. Feel a little jangly, feeling a little nervous. I had to do some deep breathing so I could write other words besides just that one staring at me, glaring at me the whole time I was writing. What is it about vulnerability that scares us so much? In the context of the theme this month, When our friends at Soul Matters talk about vulnerability, they're talking about the risk we take in revealing our true selves, the depths of ourselves to others. And when you think about it in that context, it sounds kind of good to freely be the fullness of who we are, to show the depths of ourselves. It might even be desirable, something we want to do desperately. But I've been wondering, as I've written this sermon all week, whether or not vulnerability, vulnerable, is the right word for what we're trying to get at here. It's a loaded word. I don't know if it's good enough for what we're talking about because vulnerability evokes weakness. If a castle is vulnerable, if a a suit of armor is vulnerable, it means there's a weak spot in it somewhere that will let danger and damage come through. So if we are feeling vulnerable, if there's a vulnerable point within us, that means there are places within us where people who want to hurt us can hurt us. Why would you ask me to be vulnerable? But does vulnerability really equal weakness? Psychologists have been studying this for several years now, trying to figure out people's attitudes towards that sense of vulnerability, that sense of being able to be deep and raw and emotional and share deeply of ourselves. And in one such study, they they described situations in which a person had those emotionally raw moments with somebody else, had those moments of truth with somebody else. And they asked them to imagine that person and, and think about that situation. And almost to a person, people who thought about others being that open, being that raw, being that truthful and deep about themselves. Stirred up a sense of admiration in the person hearing the story. Oh, that's wonderful. I really admired that in other people, that, that capacity to be raw and true and real. Be personally honest. And then at the same time in the study, people were asked to think about themselves in those exact same situations, given those exact same scenarios, but with themselves being the one called on to be raw and honest and real. And a majority of the folks going through that same exercise said to a person, oh, no, 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 no. No, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I can't show my weakness to other people. What we admire in others, we see as a flaw in ourselves. And why do we do that? Why do we play that trick on ourselves? What is it that the perfect pot within is telling us that makes us do that weird flip? When we think about others in these situations, we hear a story where things turned out well for that person when we're admiring it. The story had a happy ending. They were accepted for who they were. They were not rejected in whatever it was they were revealing about themselves. They were loved by the people who they were raw with. They were admired. Heck, we're admiring these people just hearing the story ourselves right now. It's got a happy end. But in our own selves, with that voice of fear and doubt, that perfect plot mocking us, we engage in some self-doubt, a little bit of fear about what it is that lies at our own depths. And what we love to hear about others receiving, we fear we won't get ourselves. If I reveal the wholeness of myself, if I reveal the truth of who I am, if I reveal how I am feeling broken, how I am not okay right now, I will not be accepted. I will not be loved. I will be deemed unworthy of love. And so to avoid that, we run away from ourselves. We don't spend too much time looking in the mirror of truth to see what is reflected back at us. We put up shields and armor, take on forced personality traits to try to hide even more that sense of the truth we're feeling about ourselves that nobody, nobody can know because, oh, everything will go so wrong then. And this is normal. This is perfectly natural. We develop all kinds of defenses throughout our lives. Some of them we develop because they fill a need for us, a need to be loved, a need to be respected, a need to feel affirmed maybe, something we're not getting from the outside world. We pull up a defense mechanism to fill that need for ourselves, to to care for ourselves, where we feel we're not being cared for to protect ourselves, where we feel like we're being threatened. We develop those personality traits and they linger long after whatever that need is may have passed. We've created that chunk of armor for ourselves and our flight or fright brains put that up whenever there's even a hint of that need And some of our defenses we develop from direct experience. We think we might be unloved if we reveal ourselves because perhaps at some point we did tell someone a truth about ourselves and we were rejected. Or love was withdrawn. Or still we've recognized in ourselves the capacity to do just that when others have tried to be real and honest with us. That fear of being vulnerable is is natural. It's normal. It's something we develop over time. And, the people we aspire to be, at least within this congregational setting, this community we aspire to be, can't be fully realized unless we can risk our whole, real selves into connections with one another. The community we try to build, this beloved community, almost requires us to run toward ourselves, our true selves, the depths of who we are, to revel in it and reveal it. Because as a community, we are following what I like to call the great heart mission, to understand the wholeness of our connections with one another and the universe, to build something that models at least, imperfect as we may be, the sense of the big love that we are trying to build together. Understand the wholeness of the web and find ways to heal the connections that might be blurred or broken when we find them, when we can. And we are able to do that because we are called to love, the big love, the big something love I've been talking about for weeks now, that agape love, that word that almost doesn't even seem big enough to contain that love I'm talking about, the capacity to love with the whole of our hearts, our inner beings, with the whole of our true selves, with the whole very veryness to the extremities of what we are capable of. And we need to be ready to receive that love as well. We need to risk vulnerability with one another to show those depths so they can be loved so we have a chance to love them in ourselves even and it's hard and when it's hard to love we fall back on the offer of grace to one another Because we're all carrying the voice of the perfect pot within us and we're all carrying a cracked pot as well. We are this fascinating combination of whole and broken all at the same time. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. But that crack isn't the wholeness of ourselves. It isn't even the wholeness of the cracked pot itself. We need to be willing to be the water bearer who sees the beauty beyond the brokenness in ourselves, in others. And we need to be able to offer that sense of grace to one another because our community needs it and because we know we're gonna need it ourselves from time to time. And the way that we're able to do this, to risk revealing ourselves, to love the broken parts, to love the whole parts, to love into that big heart love, starts with a willingness to trust one another. I've talked a lot about trust the last few weeks because that for me is starting to become the key building that beloved community to flip on its head the way we get to trust because we mistrust so easily that's often our gut response to everything trust is something that has to be earned and yet to build the community even on this small scale takes a willingness to trust that we will be loved that we will be cared for That we will be accepted for the depths and the truth of who we are. And like grace, we offer that trust because we hope it is being offered to us too. The ability to be vulnerable all starts with our capacity to see our truth, to speak our truth. To recognize the truth in others and to love it unconditionally because sometimes I am not okay that is one of the most frightening sentences in the English language but only one of them Because maybe we are not our brokenness right now. Maybe we are feeling good about the depths of who we are. We've found something, a spark within us that we're able to live out. That we're able to talk about. So sometimes the sentence is open-ended. I am, whatever it is you may be, broken, not okay, happy, adjusted, fulfilled, Sad. The most frightening sentence is simply this to say, This is who I am. This is really who I am. We need to know that no matter what the this is, that will be loved, that will be accepted that will be welcome no matter what. And given the world as we see it today, how do we pull that off? Some of you might've heard I'm into improvisation. I've been performing for years now with a team who's built a close bond together. And let me tell you, as a model for vulnerability, performing improvisation is a pretty good model because you step out on stage, you have no idea what you're about to do, you have no idea what the audience is about to recommend to you, and you're gonna do something for half an hour anyway with it. And the reason we're able to do it, one, is because we've built a relationship of trust and love amongst ourselves over the years and two, to ritualize it. Every time before we go on stage, we put our arms around each other, and we say simply this, I've got your back. You're not gonna flounder out there. I will come to your rescue, and I know you'll come to mine. It'll be okay. And that, that one little thing, that's what we're trying to build here in a beloved community. It's a place where we can honestly say and honestly hear, I've got your back. And we do it here on this small scale so we can scale it up and try to do it in the larger world. That is the thing that makes it possible for us to run back towards ourselves when every voice in us is saying, they will reject you, they will not love you, they will not love you for who you are. What makes that run towards the self possible is to have just one place in your life, just one person in your life who can say, I see you, the wholeness of you, the depth of you, I see it, I accept you, I love you, I've got your back, maybe so.